Hey everybody, Josh Searson of World Alternative Media here, and we are joined by Gareth Ike. Of course, you, you can find him on Iconic, and I urge people to go and uh, get on Iconic today. There's a lot of amazing content over there. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the state of Britain, the state of the United Kingdom, in the aftermath of the pandemic, as we saw some of the greatest levels of tyranny we saw anywhere worldwide happen here. And this push towards technocracy, what we're seeing now with the climate nonsense, with the push for 15-minute cities. And I wanted to kind of go a little bit into, you know, in the aftermath of the tyranny that we saw here in the United Kingdom. Kingdom, um, and you you were speaking on stage at a lot of the major protests, and you were fighting it. Um, as everything kind of slowly went away, a lot of things like the Patriot Act in the United States kind of stuck on. There's still rules. There's still you know evidence when you walk down the street of the impact on it. One of the biggest inflation rates in the world right now. Uh, supply chain issues, energy issues. There's a whole plethora of it. Um, can you start by just kind of going into um, the state of the United Kingdom today? Oh, mate, where to begin? It's a, it's a bit of a mess, to be honest. Um, I'm not the most patriotic person. I'm not kind of one of those people, like, I love my country and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I do live here, and so yeah. I kind of care, you know, how it is. And it's just gradually got worse and worse in, in the sense that you had Boris Johnson, who was, you know, he was a horrendous guy, mm -hmm. but he had quite a big mandate. He was then replaced by Liz Truss that no one voted for. Mm -hmm. um, the bankers weren't happy about her being in, so they ousted her yeah. by basically just putting a run on the pound, as they can do. Mm -hmm. Brought in Sunak, who's their man. Again, not voted for, no one voted for him at all. Mm -hmm. And then you've got King Charles now, who, again, no one voted for. Yeah. So you've got this kind of big, amazing democracy that goes back historically that actually isn't a democracy in the slightest. Mm -hmm. And what's most frustrating is people don't seem to be bothered by that. People seem very much distracted by um, climate change and all that nonsense. Ukraine mm -hmm. as well is still a, a massive thing. In, in my village, a guy's got a half and half um, flag, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. Um, and so people have kind of gone from the, the COVID nonsense, realizing towards the end of it, actually, we're being lied to here, mm -hmm. actually. And they, they started to rise up in bigger numbers. Um, in protests, but also in just not going along with it. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that was quite a big turn here. Mm -hmm. um, Coming into Christmas 2022, they, um, sorry, Christmas 2021, they wanted to lock down again mm -hmm. and they were polling and polling incessantly. And it became very clear that even those that, had, you know, had three jabs and gone along with it were going, nah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. So they then went, oh, no, no, no restrictions this Christmas. And it was like, no, you were just, you just knew it'd be ignored, you know. Yeah. And so that kind of, you know, they, they took a bit of a bloody nose there. Um, but then what was crazy was then Ukraine literally like that, just like a complete mm -hmm. flip. And a lot of those people that had gone, yeah, oh my goodness, they were lying to us, then just bought everything yeah. about Ukraine. And so all this money, billions and billions of pounds of, of taxpayers' money is just being chucked over there and stuck down the casino or whatever. Um, and now all these weapons are being sent out there and people are cheering it on. It's like, dude, you know, when, when British weapons kill Russians, what do you think is gonna happen? Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to come firing back. Yeah. Um, and so that's, we're in quite a frustrating period at the minute. Um, but what is slowly starting to wake people up is the excess deaths, mm. as horrendous as they are, um, they're starting to break into the mainstream media now. So there's basically, last week there was an article saying that there's 10,000 dead people that they can't explain. Mm. Not COVID, not this, not that. It's just, oh, what could it be? I mean, who knows? Um, and then today there's another article saying that um, there's record numbers of British people now that, that can't work because of Ill, Ill health. And again, people are starting to, you know, maybe ask some questions, yeah. um, which I'm hoping is going to kind of 
flip it a little bit like it did with COVID. Um, well, you mentioned something that was interesting, kind of like this flip from, uh, you know, COVID to Ukraine and, of course, the climate stuff, which has been going on for a long time, but now it's really starting to uh, become obvious it's on the surface. And with the Great Reset King coming in and being coronated recently, um, this marks a huge change for uh, the United Kingdom as far as not a change in establishment, but more a change in how the power structure is run. We have this traditional family that is now not so traditional anymore. You have a, a man who has been calling for the great, he literally launched the Great Reset with Charles, uh, or <laughs> Charles Schwab, uh, Klaus Schwab um, at, uh, at, at the World Economic Forum at Davos. And now you have this guy coming in that says he wants carbon credits. He wants, uh, you know, this cashless society. He wants all these things. And it's like, you know, they say my current thing. It's, it's like that's a current thing now. That and Ukraine, all these things seem to play into the same situation like a puzzle. It, it seems like a lot of psychological warfare is um, being uh, bestowed upon the people of the United Kingdom with this great reset. What do you think? I, th I think what's happening is, is the same as what's happening in America, which yeah. is a calculated destruction of, of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, pe people have this kind of attitude of, well, well, well they wouldn't do that. So like, no, no, you wouldn't do that, mate. This, yeah. this is a big difference. So like you say, you've got a king coming in who doesn't represent the people mm -hmm. uh, in the slightest. He represents, you know, the elite class in, in Davos or Davos, as I was told, it's actually pronounced. I've been pronouncing it. Yeah, but there you go. Um, and then you've got Sunak coming in. So when you look at what's happening in Britain, the borders are, are just there's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're saying now that they're expecting a million people mm -hmm. in the next 12 months. It's just absolute insanity. And they're housing all these people in, in, in hotels, mainly men, mm -hmm. um, in all these hotels, again, at the taxpayer's expense. Mm -hmm. um, the cost of living is, is astronomical. Um, the fuel prices are astronomical, both in, 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 in sort of cars mm -hmm. and in, in you know, heating your house and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. People can't afford it. Yeah. So you've just got this point where actually Britain is just slowly being destroyed, yeah. um, both in terms of, of the dynamics within the population, because it doesn't, people, whenever you talk about immigration, like, oh, it's a racist issue, it, it doesn't matter. If you, if you bring in a million Spaniards, or you bring in a million Russians or a million Irish, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where these people are from. It's a small island and there's not really enough going on as it is. Um, so you throw that into the equation, like I say, you throw Ukraine war into the equation where you, you're just chucking money over there. Mm -hmm. And then you also throw in all the, the um, you know, the, the climate change nonsense and, and the net zero and how that's impacting businesses and stuff like that. And, and people are losing jobs. It's just it's an absolute powder keg of, yeah. of just destruction. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at it and I just think, look, let me try and look at this you know, take a step back and look at it. And if you ask me how to destroy a country, I think I'd be doing pretty much exactly what they're doing. Yeah, well, that's what I find so interesting is that so many people think that, oh, well, they're just stupid, they're making bad decisions. Well, no one could possibly be that stupid. I mean, what we're witnessing right now is an obvious controlled demolition, and for what? And that seems to be the big question on a lot of people's minds. We see the BRICS countries becoming bigger and bigger. I mean, China, ever we've driven Russia into the hands of China and essentially created a new world order that isn't the world order from the 90s or the world order from the 1910s. It's not the world order from the 1800s. They keep revising this world order. Now we have something that is based in 
technocracy, social credit, all that kind of stuff. And it seems apparent with the food rations and everything, it's a perfect kind of litmus to get people desperate as they are. They can't afford their housing. They can't afford food. They can't afford electricity. They can't afford to travel. Any of those things to just bow the knee and ask government for help. Do you think that um, people will just full force run all roads lead to Rome into this um, cashless society and this great reset here? I hope not, but I think they, they gradually are. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think for me, you know, I, I try and say things to people in kind of layman's terms in a way, and rather than talk at people, which I find yeah. frustrating myself, is just say, look, look at this, look at this, well, why would they do that, why would they do that? And it's like, if I wanted to take your house off you, mm-hmm. and I came up and I said, right, I'm going to take your, your house off you, um, and you can still live in it, mm-hmm. but I'll own the rights to your house, I'll own the deeds, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd tell me to jog on. Yeah. You go clear off, mate. But then I can manage to create a situation where you've lost your job, your skin, you can't afford the mortgage, you can't afford the bills, you can't afford to run your car because fuel's too expensive, yeah. you can't go to other cities and seek work because you can't drive there because your car is too old to fit into the ULES. Right. You know, all these, all these things, you create all these situations where you're trapped and then I come back to you and I go, oh, okay, I'll, offer, I'll make you that offer again. Yeah. I will own the deeds. Mm-hmm. But you can still live there and, you know, I'll give you a little bit of, you know, universal basic income so you can afford X, Y and Z, you know, right. maybe some potato waffles if you're lucky. A lot of people at that point would take the offer mm-hmm. because I'm going to lose my house. So, yeah, OK. And then you start then came, coming into this whole, you know, you will own nothing, yeah. but you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when that when that was first muted, that whole thing, it was like, what do they mean by that? Mm-hmm. And when when you see the destruction and... It's not just Britain either, because like you say, you know, oh, it's incompetence. Well, then every nation is just as incompetent in exactly the same yeah. way, because you look at what they're doing in, in the Netherlands now with the farms. Yeah. It's absolute insanity, yeah. just the destruction of farming. Mm-hmm. But then you go, well, actually, if you go just a f- couple of decades ago to the UK, they did that with foot and mouth. Mm-hmm. They did exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a different excuse, but the result is the same, and that was the destruction of independent farming. Um, and the forced closures of, of all these small holdings and stuff and people having to then move into the cities. And all of that came off the back of computer predictions, which were absolute nonsense, by Neil Ferguson, mm-hmm. the same guy from Imperial College London. So you get the same people popping up all the time, and he's massively involved, as is Imperial College London, of course, with the whole climate mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah. And, and it's, it's computer models, which are, are based on fraudulent data. Well, another correlation is Susan Mitchie, Professor Susan Mitchie, who was involved here in the UK with um, the COVID propaganda, psychological warfare, and now is involved in carbon credits and trying to get carbon credits in people's banking apps with a nudge unit by the government to try and push people cashless, which you go anywhere, it says we're cashless on every window now here. And it, I mean, more than anywhere I've been in the world, it's it's in the UK. I see that more than anywhere else. I mean, I've, I've been to parts of Asia. It's not as crazy as this. I mean, what we're witnessing here is obviously they're going full bore into it, kind of like Australia. And it's, it's becoming like Australia, prison island in a lot of ways. Now, you, you mentioned, well, there's the economy, there's the housing market, the supply chain crisis, energy crisis, there's the war that they're trying to create that's obviously falsified like COVID. And then you have things like um, putting little boys in dresses, demoralization of society. It seems like all of the tenants that Orwell warned about is happening at the exact same time. How can people go out and see all these things happening at the same time and assume that everything's just fine and dandy, everything's getting better. What, what do you think? That's the thing. And it's interesting you mentioned the whole, you know, masculine aspect mm-hmm. of it. Because before, you know, all the Rona stuff kicked on, that, that's all you had was this, this attack on masculinity, toxic masculinity, yeah. and painting men as, as like, you know, these evil, you know, if you had testosterone, you were wrong and basically. Yeah. 
And so it was so funny to watch it during the whole COVID stuff because, I mean, it got better later on. But all those protest organizers are all women. Yeah. It was women that were doing it. And I remember looking around like, where are the men? Dude, yeah. like, what is going on? And it's almost like they've had that beaten out of them. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so funny now, you know, and not funny, haha, but like funny, what the hell, yeah. to watch this whole kind of almost Me Too movement that, that was a few years ago, where if you, if you held a door open for a woman, then you were a misogynist because yeah. you were just assuming she couldn't possibly do it herself. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, I'm just being polite. I'll yeah. do it to a bloke yeah. as well. To now having the fact where, where women can win races, women, uh, men, sorry, posing as women can win races yeah. and take titles and fight. And I saw today Stonewall, which are an insane organization anyway, they're pushing a crowdfunder to stop the banning mm -hmm. of transgender women from rugby. Mm -hmm. So you want guys, physical men, just battering women at rugby. And it's like, hang on, where was me too? Where's that gone? Yeah. It's insanity, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and you can see that kind of eroding at, 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 at this sort of manhood. Yeah. Because, you know, historically, who would be the people that would stand up to tyranny? It would be the men. It would be the men that would go out of the village and fight. And they've just kind of, you know, now it's not, now it's women that are standing up. Yeah, well, it's the weakened men, right? And then the men can't defend the women later when the women... Uh, unknowingly because they buy propaganda are pushing down the men or talking down to the men or punching down on the man now the man can't save them when now other men who dress up in dresses are now replacing women it seems like the complete destruction of family the destruction of n the natural order of things and it yeah. seems pretty obvious uh coming out of this and you know i have to ask in the united states we we have you know guns and stuff like that People, you know, are allowed to carry many guns in their homes and uh, defend themselves in that way. Here, not so much. Um, I have to ask going forward, where are the defenses at here? I mean, I've, I've always been a believer in withdrawing from the system, not like, you know, do, you shouldn't do anything violent to begin with in this. But I mean, what can people do here in the United Kingdom to withdraw from such uh, ominous, uh, tyrannical, technocratic system as we're seeing being put in place today? Because eventually it's going to get to that breaking point where people will either have to go along with it or fight. And yeah. we're getting very close. I think we're really close. I think yeah. we're on the cusp of it. Yeah. I, think, I think it's always been the same thing, which is a numbers game. Mm -hmm. It's a strength in numbers. Yeah. You know, if there's enough of you that stand up, like to go back to that, that incessant polling of the Christmas, mm -hmm. There was enough people that said no, and so they had to roll back, yeah. you know. Um, and because that's what it always comes down to. Yeah. So it's a real simple answer. Like, and people go, oh, no, it's more complicated than that. Well, I don't believe it is. Yeah. There's enough of you do it. I mean, even in London with the ULES, they put up all these cameras, people ripped them down again. Mm -hmm. They've been doing that in France for, for, for decades. Yeah. You know, you put up a speed camera, Bosch, the, the, mm -hmm. the local farmer rips it down with his tractor. And that's how it needs to be. People yeah. just need to non-violent, non-compliance, mm -hmm. don't go in steamrolling because, you know, they've got weapons. And that's yeah. the whole point. That's probably what they want. Mm -hmm. I felt that a lot during um, some of the COVID protests mm -hmm. when they were coming in. They were looking for a scrap. Yeah. You know, they wanted you to, 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 to go back. And yeah. as soon as you did, then they would just steamroll you. Um, so I just think it is just a case of very simply just saying, no, non-complying, not doing it. I'm not going along with it. As a business, I'm not doing that. As a farm, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And then supporting the next farm to you and supporting the next shop or the next pub. Mm -hmm. You know, like March 2020, we're gonna shut down all the businesses. No, you're not. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was over. Yeah. But everyone gave them three weeks. Oh, no, okay, it's only three weeks. We'll give them three weeks. As soon as you mm -hmm. give them three weeks, that's you letting them in the door. Yeah. And once they're in the door, you can't then go, oh, no, no, you just have to stay in the living room. No, no, they're, they're gonna make it to the bedroom because yeah. that's how it 
works as soon as you open the door, you know. So that's what I believe it is all about. Well, you know, and a lot of people will say, well, I hear in the news, Mexico, for example, oh, it's very dangerous. You can't go there. It's, it's cartel violence. Yeah, they're only killing each other. It's all good. It's a self, uh, uh, you know, a, a self-solving prophecy, I guess you could call it. But um, what, I, what I noticed there during the beginning of lockdown was that the day um, that they were supposed to shut down every business there, people just didn't shut down. Everyone stayed open. In fact, places that closed down due to lack of tourism opened, reopened that day. And I went out ready to do some civil disobedience when I was living there. And I, I walk around and everything is open. And I'm like, oh, they did the civil disobedience for me. It's as easy as just saying no. I think people think that the government has these powers that they don't have. They cannot do what they used to be able to do and come in and shoot everyone up against a firing wall because they're not complying. That These days, people the government works and enslaves people via convenience like here have have this uh cake you know have this piece of cake you know your everything's going to be okay oh we destroyed your life and made you poor well here's like a 500 pound check for you and okay great well but my life is still destroyed and I, that doesn't do anything in today's you know economy so i mean it, it really is interesting seeing the differences because i mean here um during the covid protests i mean it's some of the biggest protests worldwide no, the media wasn't covering it because they knew if people people saw that they would just step back and withdraw. And did you feel like um, there were a lot of people at those COVID protests that saw, hey, this is a solution, just waking people up, uh, making other people know that they're not alone. We're all in this. We're all dealing with this. We're all against this. It isn't what the media makes it appear as. Yeah. It saved so many lives, mate. Yeah. Honestly, that and, and a, an organization called Stand in the Park, which sounds like a real basic thing. And it is. It's just loads of people just standing in a park on a Sunday at 10 a.m. It's literally all it was. Yeah. But what I found was early doors in the protest movement, when there was a few hundred people, mm -hmm. the media was all over it. Because yeah. it's just a load of far-right, anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theorist lunatics. Yeah. Right? They, they were chucking that out there. And every time there was any little arrest or any little protest that didn't even get any traction in the local community, local papers and then um, major papers were picking up on it. Yeah. And what they were doing is they were saying to the masses, look at all you very good, obedient people and look at these scumbags. Yeah. You know, there's 600 scumbags in wherever. Yeah. Um, and then what happened is people, when they started reopening stuff, um, kind of towards the summer of 2020, people started going out, meeting people again, and realizing that actually I'm not the only one that feels like this. And the amount of times I heard it, honestly, you hear, did you, did you know anyone? No, I don't know anyone. Do you know anyone that knows anyone? No, even why. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And so people started to, you know, and I remember then there was a protest in London, which was around about sort of 25, 30,000 people. Mm -hmm. Now the media covered that because I guess they turned up expecting 600, 700, which is what it was a month before. Honestly, the leap was that huge. And they put this photo out, and it was a double-page spread of these anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorists, far-right, you know. Yeah. And I spotted, I think it was about two hijabs, right? And I was yeah. like, this is the worst far-right rally I've ever seen yeah. in my life. And But others looked at it in the same way and went, yeah. okay, that's a lot of conspiracy theorists. And then they started asking some questions. And then the one after that, which was, again, about two weeks later, I think it was about 45,000. Mm -hmm. media silence yeah. complete silence didn't cover it and then from then on as the protests got bigger and bigger and it one you know hit not not far off a million mm -hmm. um in the april of 2021 they just completely blank ignored it they wouldn't have it um because they didn't want the masses to see just how much this stuff was growing but what they didn't realize is that you know the internet will do its thing right. and so you know these videos were going viral they were getting deleted and then people were just uploading it again and it was going around again and again yeah. and again um, to the point where for me, like I remember when I did one of the spe speeches at Trafalgar Square, my, um, my, my wife's um, auntie um, is, um, is a graphic designer in a very nice area down south, it's a little village in Oboa. Yeah. 
and someone came up to her and said, oh, have you, have you seen this guy? And she went, I'm going to stop you there. I've got, you know, his family. Obviously expecting them to go, what a scumbag. And they were going, yeah. oh, no, no, this is, this is basically what we're all thinking. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> and so it was, you, you found yourself, you know, just standing up there and speaking your truth. And actually you were waking up at people from all different demographics, you know, um, because people realised they were being lied to and they felt yeah. like something was wrong, you know. Um, and all I hope now is that that, that process continues mm -hmm. with, you know, net zero. And I think it is a bit, to be fair, yeah. because I think with your likes of Just Stop Oil and Extinction Rebellion, their, their tactics are not great yeah. either. You know, I yeah. think, you know, blocking ambulances, getting to hospital, stopping people getting to work, that's, you're not going to win over the general public mm -hmm. by doing that. Um, and so, you know, that I hope works in our favor as well. Well, I, I find it really interesting. I was just in London and I see all the Just Stop Oil uh, posters and they're all ripped down and people are pissed off about yeah, it, obviously. Um, but then I'm walking around close to, uh, you know, the parliament and close to 10 Downing Street and I turn a corner and there's this big sign against the Great Reset, a big sign against the World Economic Forum. There's all this information on the vaccine illnesses and deaths and everything like that, a cashless society, all that. And, I, and, and an anti-war with Ukraine poster and all that kind of stuff. And I walk up to them and there's some pretty well-known people that are uh, there. But what I find interesting is they're camping out there every day and they're getting crowds of people coming in, shaking their hands. The only people that are really pushing back against them are the people with the Ukrainian flags. Everyone else goes, yeah, I know about that. I'm in a taxi uh, the other day and the, the cabbie knew everything about this stuff, knew about 15-minute cities, knew about the cashless society, knew that the vaccines were killing people. And then I get into another taxi later that day and uh, that guy is aware of it as well. And it, so there is an awakening and it's actually pretty amazing. Almost anyone you talk to at any pub or any restaurant or cafe uh, here in the UK, most of the time they're aware unless they have, you know, blue hair and uh, fish lips, you know? So, I mean, it, it, that seems to be uh, the case and it's, uh, it's a welcome, um, you know, thing to see happen uh, here. But anyways, I, I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. And can you let everyone know if they don't already know uh, where they could find you and where they can catch your show? Yeah, it's just on iconic.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I always say for now because I don't yeah. buy the nonsense. And now with the World Economic Forum CEO, you know, we could all be yeah. um, back out again. But um, yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm always about, I'm always chatting. All right. Yeah, you're always chatting. Yeah, I, I see your posts. All right. So check out uh, Gareth Ike's uh, Twitter and we'll have it all linked below. And of course, iconic.com. I hope that you guys will go and get some of that content and, and can, you know, maintain the information that um, these guys are giving people on a daily basis. Countless really good shows and um, really a great way to help wake up family members and friends as well. So share it around and get that message out, my friends. This is The Awakening. And and we have to be very responsible for actually getting that stuff out. We can't just sit there being angry. We have to be the change we wish to see in the world. And Iconic and everyone at Iconic is doing just that. So I really appreciate you Thanks. joining us today. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.